Are you a fan of horror movies? Necronomicon Ex Mortis. The Book of the Dead. We're all cult classics. Your move, creep. If you are, you'll love shocking things. Please search for us on all the major podcasting platforms. To see our social media and a direct link to our podcast, just go to anchor.fm slash shocking things. going on everybody this is the pwz podcast tonight i have a very special guest in the director of operations of paradise alley professional wrestling sergeant murray how are you sir rick how are you brother good to finally get this thing going after eight months or something like that. <laughs> i know <laughs> i know it's a... we've been trying to figure this out uh it's been insane you know the pandemic does not help uh, yeah. whatsoever you know kids you know there's also children and you know traveling yeah. and all that stuff <laughs> so. yeah, it's uh it's, it's, it's been a crazy uh 18 20 months to say the least you know yeah so i just want to ask you um obviously we're going to talk about professional wrestling and your career in professional wrestling and uh basically i'm going to start from the beginning uh how did you start or get interested in professional wrestling uh as a kid basically i'm old <laughs> I'll be 52 <laughs> this year. So my earliest recollection of watching professional wrestling was with my uncle Jimmy um, in New Jersey okay. where I was born. And I was like probably eight or nine and remember him watching it. And it was right on the cusp of Vince hitting mm-hmm. that stride in the, in the 80s. Right. And I remember like old you know, like Backlund was like the beginning, you know, and you were like, wow, this is, this is neat. And, and you get into it and then it p- progressed. And then like you get in like to the early eighties, you know, and then Snook is hitting and Hogan's hitting and all these guys are hitting in the WWF and Vince's mm-hmm. show was on. And like, you're watching this at 11 o'clock at night or midnight. It was, I think on Saturday nights on WOR, you know? So I mean, right. you're like, you're getting this, you know, you're like, wow, this is amazing. And um, the first time I saw live professional wrestling, I was 13 or 14. And we went with the Boy Scouts to the um, Catholic Youth Center in Scranton, Pennsylvania. All right. That, and that was a hotbed. That was a, mm-hmm. that was a stop a lot. And that was the first time I saw um, Snook Alive. That was the first time I saw Backlund live, and I was. And then you're hooked. Yes. And, and then you're in. And you know, I think like the next week, my cousin came up from New Jersey because we lived in Pennsylvania. 
my cousin came up from New Jersey, my cousin Stacy, and, and and she came up, and I remember we pulled our mattresses outside, and we lived on we lived in this old farmhouse, and there was a chicken coop there, and I used to jump off this chicken coop, thinking I was Jimmy Snooker, and splash. <laughs> the bejesus out of her and to this day i still will not live that down that's hilarious i have a somewhat similar story that i don't think i've ever shared here on this podcast i mean my sister used to uh you know be interested in wrestling you know what i mean we all used to do that as kids and sure her first obsession when with professional wrestling when she was into it was jimmy snooker and she dove off the couch and i was you know whatever and i moved out of the way and basically hit her head and then just this huge egg developed on her head, and then it earned her the nickname for many years called Egghead. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. But yeah, so that, that was how I got into it, and yeah. it would be and it would be so crazy that you know we'll go back to where I started, but it would be so crazy that it comes full circle that I'm wrestling for Mancini and Roma, mm-hmm. and I saw these guys. In Scranton, in like right, 86, right. 87, you know, like, and it would be so nuts that now you, then you flash forward from 87 to 2016, 2015, and I'm working for PAPW and I'm wrestling for these two cats that I saw when I was a kid and, and not saying, okay, they're W, I mean, I, you, I remembered their name. It wasn't right. like it was just something like, oh yeah, they wrestled for then. Oh yeah, and you go back at the interwebs or you get your your WWE encyclopedia out and you look it up. It's like, no, I remember those names. They they stuck in my head for something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you call it karma or fate or whatever, but you know, there it was and I got and I got one of the um greatest opportunities of my life, of my even though my career was short, because I didn't start wrestling until I was 44. Really? And, uh, yeah, my wife, um, how I got into it was my wife bought me a fantasy camp at ECPW in New Jersey, Gina Caruso. Gina, Gina Caruso, yeah. He, yeah. I met him I met him about 30 years ago, 25 years ago, and, and that guy was awesome. You know, yeah. uh, he was working for the Saboldis at the time, if I remember yep. correctly. Yep. yep. And and how I got in with him was my wife is a um, my wife's a PA and okay. and one of her patients was the character of the Punisher Anna Stemsky who was big up here in Connecticut mm-hmm. and my wife came home one day she goes you're never gonna know believe it and then she told me and I'm like I know the name but I, I don't remember the character's not clicking in my head right yep. so again you go look at where it's like oh I know who that guy is yeah. And um, she wanted him to teach me how to wrestle. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I can't. Not that he couldn't do it. He's like, ah, you're, you want to learn. So she set this whole thing up. Pun went down there with me. And he kind of took me under his wing. And that's how it started. It was supposed to be a one-day, three-hour fantasy camp. And they liked the character, the corrector. The original, the, my original character, so much. They're like, "Hey, man, you want to bring out Crazy Ivan?" Like, I remember him. I, I remember that guy. And yeah. I said, "Yeah, man, it's it's cool." Well, get up there, and lo and behold, who's in the locker room that night but Jimmy Snooker? And now I'm, I'm dumbfounded. 
Right. You know, I'm like, wow, this is okay. It's okay. Granted, Jimmy was up in years, but come on, it, it's, it's friggin' Jimmy Snooker. I mean, it's right? not. Oh yeah. It's not Joe Schmuckatelli that did two years in friggin', you know, Maine, you know, in an indie shop. It's like Jimmy Snooker, you know, and um. And I went up to him and I said, hey, Mr. Snooker, I said, I'd like to shake your hand. I mean, I've been a friend of yours since I was a little kid and just gushed for two minutes and then shut my mouth. And that was it. And I did my work with Ivan. Then they kept calling me back. And then the next year, um, Gino would come and work for Jay, would work for Jay, um, Jay Piccarillo. Okay. And they did, the, they did the shows at the Greek Orthodox High school over in um what is that Fairfield or Fairbridge? Fairfield, Fairfield. Okay, yep. And who's there in the next year but Jimmy Snooker? Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, man, you know, again, I learned all the etiquette. Al taught me all the etiquette. You know, shake hands, shut up, sit in the corner, don't speak unless you're spoken to. Put your you got to put all your bravado at the door and and just become humble. And I'm like, okay, you know. Because now you're talking about a 44-year-old kid getting to live his dream out, you know. And my life up to this point is pretty good. I'm a corrections officer. I've done some really neat things in corrections, and I've had a good career. You know, I've had two kids, you know. I mean, I'm pretty set in the stuff I've done in my life. has been pretty dope. Now you let me be a professional wrestler. Okay, where do I sign that paper, you know, and... I went up to Jimmy and I said, hey, Mr. Snooker, I don't know if you remember me from last year. He goes, I remember you, brother. You're the corrector. I remember you. You punished us for him. And I'm like, this is not happening, you know? And and then that was it. And then, unfortunately, shortly thereafter, you know, Jimmy got sick and he passed away. But that was, that's how I got into it, through Gino and ECPW and then um, just working the shows for Picarillo. You know, and those guys. Was Snooker still traveling with the Metal Maniac at that point? Or was that yes. way? Yes. Him and Andrew Anderson. Yep. Yep. I had the Metal Maniac on about a year and a half ago. And literally yeah. that, that interview went uh, four hours long. And it could have kept going. He still wanted to talk more. And I was like, listen, we got it. By the time we ended, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah. <laughs> so super nice guy though. Oh yeah, super guy. cool, super cool. And yeah. he's got a ton of stories, ton of great yeah. stories, and tons of great Jimmy stories as well. Yeah, he was really good to me the few times that I um worked for Gino, and then when um when Punisher passed away, um Gino and Andrew Anderson and the Maniac came up, mm-hmm. and I think it was like the day of Jimmy's funeral was the day of. Punisher service and Andrew and I had Anderson and I kept in touch Gino and I had kept in touch but I had never heard from not heard from but I only saw the metal maniac at shows he came right. to me and goes hey corrector how are you and I'm like oh my god these guys know who I am I'm like okay this is pretty cool I mean and, and believe me I'm not blowing my own horn I am not that guy right I, <laughs> but it's like if, if you left that much of an impression if I left that much of an impression on you that's that's pretty cool. So I, you know, I took it for what it was worth, and then you know, just ran with it. So yeah, it feels good. You know what I mean? It's like somebody recognizes yeah, you like that, especially does. guys guys at that level. You know? Yeah. So. They they ain't gotta say anything to me. You know, I mean, they don't have to say a word to me. Look at me, even even mm-hmm. breathe in my direction, and that was pretty cool that they did that. So that was 
you know, again, you take you take it for what it's worth and you run with it and just be humble about it and then accept it and, and enjoy it, you know. So when did you get into the uh, the whole Sergeant Murray thing? That's influenced by your military career, correct? You were uh, yeah. in the Air Force? In the Air yep. Force? I was yep. in the Air Force. I was in the Gulf War. Um, I was oh, wow. four years. I was a cop. Um, and I was in from uh, 89 and 93. And we were going to a show up in Massachusetts. And um, Roma was doing a signing and got a few of us on the show. And it was him and Holiday. We were on the truck. We were, my, we were in my truck driving up. And they said, hey, we got an idea for your character. I'm like, all right. And I didn't know if they wanted to tweak it up or do something different. And they go, we're going to change your character. And I'm like, all right. And I said, what are we going to do? And you're, you're going to be Sergeant Murray. You're going to be your, your Air Force. I said, no, absolutely not. Not doing it. <laughs> Not doing it. He said, why not? And again, you don't say no to Roma very often, but at this, I had to, I had said no to him. And he, I said, boss, I said, I've never wanted to make, I don't want to make a mockery of my character. Okay. I don't want to make it um, a parody of what I really did. I said, I also, I don't, not that I've done anything crazy, but I don't talk about it. It was just something that I did. I'm part of that generation towards the tail end that, you know, you went into service or you went to college. I went into service, did what I did, got out, got a job, got married, had kids, and that was it. He said, no, we're not going to do that. He goes, well, we'll, we'll think. He goes, think about it. Well, maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes went by, and we were talking about other stuff. And I said, I'm not wearing a singlet. And he looked at me, I'm driving, I said, I'm not wearing a singlet. He goes, that's it? I said, yeah, I'll listen to what you guys say, but I'm not wearing a singlet. I said, if I'm doing it, I'm wearing, I'm wearing BDUs, I'm wearing my, my camera mm-hmm. Right. He goes, well, I, I thought that's what you'd wear anyway, but okay. And then him and Holiday started talking about the character and doing the thing, and Said, all right, and we got thinking about it and, and, and brainstorming. And I came up, went, did that show. That was my last show as a corrector. And I was like, wow, this is really my last show as this character. And we're gonna we're gonna turn it around. I said, okay. And uh, you know, we we did pictures and you know, my first picture was kind of like and I was like kind of like trying to be like a Goldberg. You know, like fight kill type of guy, and, and, mm-hmm. and it looked a lot scarier than it should have on the poster. And so again, you know, you gotta tweak your, you gotta tweak things. Right. Um. So then, you know, we came out, we we fig- tried to figure out music, and and that's when we got um, Madison Rising's version of the national anthem, and then we cut it up and clipped it around. Okay. And, and we figured out the perfect times to walk in and we practiced it. And you know, Rome is Rome is really smart. I mean, he he knows. And he would all I always said we gotta get a shirt that says, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. On the front and said, I'm always right on the back. And it would be Paul Roma like is it like a quote? Because ninety nine point nine percent of the time he's dead nuts off. Wow. So, so 
the character came out, and then I was like, we gotta do something. Then I'm in. Now I'm in. I'm like, okay, we gotta do something to make it good. And then that's when we figured out the confetti cannon and strapping the confetti cannon onto the flag. Ah, and then I gotcha. would do the confetti cannon when I came out. And then he goes, nope, from now on, you do it when you win. I said, but he goes, trust me. And he was right. You know, we, we put the confetti cannon right. on. We put it, put, we keep the flag in the corner. And then if I win, you know, get going, boom, hit the flag, hit the cannon, crowd goes nuts. Bad guy rolls out, walk around the ring, point everybody, and then you're done. And it's like, it really is this the simplest 15 minutes in wrestling and that's including the entrance the exit i'm we know i am not i don't got good gas as as much as i would train i don't and you know bully ray said it best get in get on get off get out and it makes perfect sense and um and yeah, so that's how the Sarge came to be. And it's Sergeant Murray, and then we, we we tweaked it, and then it's the Sarge, and then it then just the Sarge just stuck. And I mean, and it was oh. even it was even funnier at, at my job because I was I was at Bridgeport at the time at the jail, and dudes would come see me wrestle, and it'd be like Sarge, and it would be just really weird. So, but again, you adapt to it. And then you, then you got to get used to the goofy, the real goofy stuff. Like you're in the supermarket or you're in a Walmart and people came to the show and then they see you and they're like, sorry. And I'm like, oh boy, this is really awkward. And then you got to, you know, and I'm a nice person. I'm really not a bad guy, but you're just awkward because you don't, you just want to go to Walmart. Or right. You go to the market, but yeah, that's, that's the Sarge, man. That's how we came to be. And, and I, I love them for it. I mean, it's, 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 it worked. It's great, it worked. It was simple, primitive, yet effective. And what more do you really need unless you can fly like the young guys, like you know, the Miracle Generation or those guys, or, you know, Holiday, you know, you're younger, like Holiday, you can build yourself up. I mean, I knew my shelf life was really short. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have any qualms of that. I knew I would only, I figured I'd wrestle till I was 50, 51, and I'd be done. And little did I know that I was going to be done earlier than that because of, you know, the COVID and then the complications after. But, you know, I can't really be upset about what I did because I had a really good time and I had a really cool run. And, not a lot. I mean, not a lot of people can say they were a professional wrestler for a time. Not a lot of people can say they were a two-time United States champ for a time. I can check those off the old box and be pretty, pretty happy about it. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Uh, one of the things you said, you know, you talk about not flying and stuff like that, but I always felt like um, less is more when it comes to professional wrestling. If you and I don't think like uh, not to brag on the miracle generation i think there's some really talented kids and that's yep. a style that's a style that people get attracted to and i yeah. do you know i do like uh you know for the most part i like them and there's and uh i think they're very exciting and some of them have really good potential to become really big stars in professional wrestling but yep. i've always thought like a really good technical match like less is more 
and, 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 it, and it will work out and it tells more of a story and is definitely more exciting in professional wrestling than watching a guy flip-flop uh, yeah. all, all over the ring or onto the floor through tables and all that other stuff. Yeah, and I get that, and, and, and I agree, you know, especially for a big guy. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, I, I'm not doing a moonsault like Brock Lesnar, but Brock <laughs> Lesnar's not doing a moonsault like Brock Lesnar did he's, 20 years ago either. It's going to land on his face, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. He's a little more top-heavy than he needs to be. But, you know, I had I credit to some of my moves to some of the bigger guys that weren't. We're a high flyer. We weren't like Sting, like the like the like my like my finisher. That's Scorpion Death Drop. Right, I was a huge Sting. I was always a huge Sting fan. Me too. You know? yeah. And then we put the spear in there for just giggles, and it worked. So we kept the spear, Goldberg. Um, you know the one move that I I did a couple times, especially with with this kid named MIT. You might have heard of him. I saw that um, I think yesterday or the day before. I was doing a little bit of research trying yeah. to, to get, take a little bit of notes. I saw those matches the other day. Yeah, you might have heard of that kid. Uh, um, I did that that move Taker does across the ring and then come up with the big boot and blast him. You know, mm-hmm. one of the few times I get my leg up that high, but <laughs> stretch real good for it. But you know, it was real simple. You know, it'd be you know body slam, body slam, death drop. Right. You know, drop a headbutt, you know, stinger splash in the corner, you know, nothing crazy, you know. So less is more with, it, with a character like mine. It's get in, destroy, leave. Kind of like the right. military. Get in, destroy, leave. <laughs> right. You know, right. You know I, I, if this would have kept going, I had, a, I had a new T-shirt idea, you know, and again, you never say never, so I won't say what it was, but it was pretty. It was going to be pretty dope. And it was a saying that the pilots would use in the Air Force, and I, I just took it. I said, screw it, I'm taking it. And it worked. But, um, yeah, that's – I agree with less is more in Roma. And Roma, again, Roma, he says, you don't got to do a lot. You just got to do these, these four or five moves and hit the cannon and get out of there. Right. One of the things is that I <laughs> – I started coming around to the shows uh, probably right before you. You, you uh, I think you got injured or you took time off, etc. Because um, the concussion, probably the concussion yeah. in nineteen. Uh, yeah, it was probably around there. I can tell you exactly when the first um, the first show that I I, I went to. Um, yeah, I'd been out of wrestling for probably about a good two, three, four years, maybe. At the most, uh, I had divorced my first wife, and I just kind of like it's not that I lost interest in it, I just did not have time for it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To sit and watch uh, professional wrestling as I was trying to, I don't know, you know, people go through stuff when that, that kind of stuff yeah, happens. I'm back there. I, I know so, and when I met my second wife, her son was into WWE, and that kind of like sparked my interest in getting into wrestling. You know, every kid at seven years old is into WWE for the most part, and so, and then my chance meeting Paul Roma at a gas station on my way to work one morning brought me into Paradise Alley, going into Paradise Alley, becoming a, a huge fan. You know, uh, I guess he, you know, um, he stops at that gas station in the morning, whatever. So, yeah. you know, him inviting me down after talking to him for about a good five, ten minutes, I went down a couple of weeks later and I had the time of my life. I was like, I haven't been to an indie show in so long. 
You know yeah. what I mean? And it was just, I, uh, I ran into big daddy who I yeah. knew pre- previously and kind of, you know, started talking a lot, uh, you know, right after that again. And it was just a lot of fun to, to, uh, go to shows and I didn't go to like every show in the beginning for the first year I would went like every other show or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like once I just started going to every single show after a while. Yeah. So I missed very few since I started going. But one of the things is I want to ask, I was saying is that I remember it was, uh, I guess they were building up for like a big show. Uh, and you had gotten the house of pain disqualified if you remember correctly. And I think they turned heel on the next show that you guys were building up for. Yeah. So does that make sense? Is that around the time of your concussion? Yeah, that was that was probably in late eighteen, early nineteen. But yeah, that that because that, that's when I lost the belt to uh, Williams. You were the champion at the time. Yeah. When I, I, I when I, I came belt. in. Yeah, the US yeah. at the time, and that's when um, and I and I mentioned it at the last show. That's when uh, Nick super kicked me. Nick Payne super kicked me in the jaw, and Williams took the cover and took the belt, and that was that. Right. But, uh, so, yeah. So what happened with the concussion? Is that that's not how you got it, is it? No, I got I got my concussion at my real job. <laughs> got got you. Um, at, at at the facility, we had a uh, use of force, and my my forehead hit the pavement at a rapid rate of speed, <laughs> and I was out for like three seconds, and um, which in turn I have um, I have really bad migraines. I have a three every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, it never goes away, but I've just learned to live with it. I have medication I take for it. And it, I've learned to live with it. And we were making it, we were getting me back. We were coming back. And then COVID hit. And then um, everything got shut down. And then I got it. And then I was, you know, I was out of work for three weeks. Jeez. And um, yeah, I felt like I had a rhino sitting on my chest the first seven days. I've known a, a few people that have gotten it, and yeah. they just say it's it's no joke. Whatever they're talking on TV, you know, sometimes you, it's really hard to listen to the news and believe everything that yeah. you see in the news. You know, I'm not one of those guys that's just like, oh, my God, I'm going to panic, you know, because it's social media and news outlets do not help very well. And, no, and, and working in a prison, you know, right. working in a prison is like working in a petri dish. It's, it's not a matter of <laughs> if, it's just a matter of when. Right. <laughs> It's a matter of when you're going to get something or when you're going to get assaulted or when you're going to get when something's going to happen to you. So mm-hmm. um, I went back to work and then three weeks, six weeks after I went back to work, I was in Pennsylvania visiting my daughter for her um, birthday. And I was at a friend's house and I forget I was doing something real simple. Oh. My friend's son got a new gun, and he wanted to show it to me. So I said, all right, so like everything, you know, you open the slide and make sure it's unloaded. It's just what you do in law enforcement because you're just, mm-hmm. mind has worked. Go to slide the slide back, and I had no strength to do it. I'm like, this is really weird. I said, wow, this thing's brand new. It won't move. It takes nothing to push a slide back on a firearm. I couldn't do it. I started getting lightheaded, started losing my breath, started throwing up, and they called an ambulance, and they had to uh, take me to the hospital. And um, I had a severe arrhythmia, which was 
beat tachycardia, which um, my heart rate was like 246 beats a minute. Jeez. Which is fast. Mm -hmm. And they had to do this thing that's called a cardio version to me, which they put the defibrillator on you mm -hmm. and they shock you. You're not awake for it, though, usually. Okay. I looked at the kid, hit the button. <laughs> I was awake for this. Um, don't ever do that. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the most uncomfortable things in the world. Um, I w was laying in the gurney and I basically lawn chaired myself, hit myself in the, my knee, in the head with my knees. And in turn, five days later, I had to have a defibrillator pacemaker put in me. Jeez. So, uh, I got this real sweet DVD VCR combo now. And uh, it's the only way to look at it, man. It's like you can't, you can't oh, get sorry. upset. I don't mean to laugh. No, no. The, laugh, the way you no, described it. The no, way you described it. That, that's why I do that because, you yeah. know, it's like I could have died. Um, in theory, I should have died. They told me that, which is really weird. And um, now they fixed it. So uh wanted to make a comeback, tried to make a comeback. Didn't work out too well. So uh, that's when I put the video out. And said, "Yeah, man, I'm done." And I and I really felt at peace with it because I, I don't get me wrong, I still miss the guys. I mean, it sounds corny, but you miss the smell of the locker room with 20 sweaty guys. You, you do, but it's that brotherhood, it's that camaraderie, right. doing that. You know, it's just like it's it's like in corrections. Nobody wants to smell pepper spray. Nobody wants to. But it's that spray that's that, oh, I'm alive now. I can smell this. Okay, we're good. We're going in. All right, let's do it. Let's right. go. So, and you know who would be great? Big Daddy. That that was his shoot job. And so that's why yes. he and I, yep. that's how he and I have a really, a really close connection with that. And um, so, like I said, yeah, man, I tried. Um, it didn't work out. And, uh, but I'm, I'm good with it. You know, I miss it. Like, we did, like, when we had the show last week, you know, got to come out and set up the match for Diesel Mania 5 with HOP and the Haven on that ladder tag team match. And, and, it, and it felt good to be in there. Um, kind of had to reintroduce myself, you know. Some people might have forgot me or didn't know, and you know, which, but it, but it kind of felt good that people remembered me, you know, because I think that's a wrestler's worst night, worst fear that they're going to forget you. But you really haven't been gone that long. I no, mean, but you know, you know because these these guys have been wrestling like all the time, like until right. once they said you could work. They were down there and they were putting you know twenty five person shows on at the school and they were running up in Rhode Island. Right. Yeah. And I was jealous, and I was I was really jealous because I wanted in. And um, like I said, my I talked to my my heart doctor. I said, "Hey, man, I want to do this." He goes, "All right, you can pass the stress test. You're good." And I worked everything I could to pass that stress test, and I did. It just, when I got into the ring, it just didn't, um, just didn't go right. It didn't feel right. And um, my last official wrestling was with Sunset Steve Garcia. And, was this uh, a, we were, did this actually take place, or was it we like a training, workout? We were, we were training. Okay, because I was going to say, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, remember no, that. no, it wasn't a match. It was <laughs> training we were down right. at, at school and, okay um, steve and I, steve i wrestled him worked him a little bit we wanted to work he wanted to work with me he said he would 
and uh and that was it and we were talking about it at the show on um two weeks ago he says i was your last like kind of match i said yeah you were dude i said and i love you for it man because you you didn't mind getting in there with old dude and rusty and trying to beat the kinks out of it trying to help you yeah yeah exactly and i think that's another kid that I think is very good, and he's been only wrestling a very short time. Has yeah. he been wrestling over a year? Uh, That's the thing. I don't know if he probably a little over, maybe thirteen months. Okay, fourteen months. But the thing is, he listens. Yeah, he takes direction really, really well, mm-hmm. and that's the cool thing about him. He he listens and he takes direction, and he'll work on it and work on it and work on it until it's right. And once it's right, he'll keep working on it. And that's what's cool about him. Um, and and that's why, you know, uh, I love them young kids down there. There's, there's a good bunch of kids down there. Yeah. You know, of course, Flash, you know, I love him like a son. Um, Kylon, you know, just just a good kid. I mean, he, he's a, he likes to have fun in the, in the shows. And, you know, the Haven, I remember them dudes coming to, coming to see us. And they carry the tag team belts in all the, in all our shows. And they'd be like, I'm going to be there one day. And then all of a sudden walked in training one day and there they were. And That's like, awesome. Yeah. Like, ain't you a chance with the belt? And like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's have some fun. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, that bunch of, that bunch right there, they're a good bunch of dudes and they listen. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's just cool to see them having fun and doing it and listening. That's the biggest thing. They listen to Roma. They listen to Mancini. And they listen to Battle. They listen to Williams. Um, they listen to Jim. And I, I know we're going to segment that, but they listen. But Jim We're going to get into that. Yeah. Jim, just, 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 just to say it, Jim loved helping them young kids. And he would work with them. And he would work them and work with them, and he would make sure that they they got it and respected it. No, um, I know we were going to bring it up anyways, but um, I guess Big Am- Jim Anderson, you were very close with, and he passed recently, just in the last couple of weeks. And yep. that dude, he was a very good dude. Uh, I really enjoyed having him on the podcast. Uh, Kind of had to be three months ago, and I was scheduled to have him on again. We were we were kind of working it out uh, yeah. because he had been teaming with Ryan Frost and other other groups. Yeah. Uh, so we were going to have them both on. You know, I had Ron Frost on. He recommended Frost, which uh, he 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 told Frost to contact me to come on the show, and yep. I ended up having just a really good hour and a half conversation with Frost uh, for the podcast, and then you. You know, and then and then Jim was like, "Hey, we should both come on." I said, "No problem. Let's set it up." And we were kind of in the middle of setting up, and then, you know, uh, one night we got that call, or, or Big Daddy got the call while me and him were doing an episode together about Big Jim passing, and uh, it was very hard to continue the episode where we ended it within five minutes because uh, it was right before the Rumble, or we just went through the rundown of the the matches that were coming up, and then ended it, and then. It was uh, it's an incredible loss to the Northeast wrestling uh, scene because that guy was, you know, he was just a great human being. And it's funny, it's like he and I never talked about professional wrestling when we talked. We always talked about music because we had very similar tastes in music. So and, uh, you know, so that's 
I don't know where else to go with that. <laughs> but he yeah, was um, just—he was just a fun uh, guy to talk to, I'll, you know. I'll, I'll go with it. He, he um, was close to a lot of people, you know, and he, he was, was very helpful little, to a lot of people. Little big brother, right? Easiest way to put it. Um, when we met, when I came to PAPW, when we met, it—I'll tell you where we met the first day was. I went on Fogman's show. Okay. And the center Jade, ring for anything. Center ring, me. yeah. Yep. And I went on that show, and Jade was on there with I forget that other little girl's name, and we were cutting promos for um the show that we were doing in Bridgeport for the Iceman. For I did Rebel. see it while doing research for this episode. I did actually come across those promos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, <laughs> and um, I was like, man, who's that big dude? And they're like, oh, it's big Jim Anderson. I'm like. All right, and um, again, just polite, you know, doing what you're supposed to do in the business. Yeah. Yeah. And I introduced myself to him, you know, and I had to learn for a long time, you know, you know, give your work and you're not your shoot name. But for some reason, I gave him my shoot name, and he gave me his, and it was like, all right, and it just kind of hit it off. And the next thing I know, I'm talking to Mancini. He's telling me to come to the school. I said, yeah, I don't know about that because I heard Rome was like a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, why does everybody say that? And, we're, and everybody looked at each other like, really? And But I did. I went down. And, and Jim's the one who said, hey, man, come on down. It's not, you know, he's good. So I... Listen to Mario, and I showed up there on a Wednesday night and went up and introduced myself and just sat in the corner and kept my mouth shut. He goes, can you work? I said, well, yeah. Uh, and um, there's working and there's Roma's working. And if you can see where my hands are. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I've heard stories, not from, you know, uh, in the past. And you know he's, a, he's a perfectionist, you know, yes. and he wants this guy. And not for nothing, his name is going to be on on and you that's, so and that's what i was about to say his name right. is on that's his stamp and if yes. anybody's coming out of his school and they say who trained your paul roma okay number one they're going to probably give you a gig and number two you better you better work like paul roma trained paul you. roma did i mean not yeah. for nothing he was a and i've said this millions of times on this show that roma was probably the most underrated wrestler of his era and that guy should have i mean granted he went a little bit further in wcw with winning the tag titles a few times yep. but that dude had a should have should have excuse me um had a really good singles run because that dude like i would see him in matches all the time and i always thought he was like fantastic but he was probably like super quick his agility the way he could jump off the ropes like or jump on the ropes and you know he did that leap where he just Climb up the the turnbuckle and then leap like a, off. It's like a just, goddamn spider monkey. He'd run up the. Yeah, barrier. that dude right. is like, and I and, and I've said that up until he got sick. Mm -hmm. and, and here's here you want to know it's really funny. I had my thing. Two weeks later, he got sick. That's really? how we were we were apart and getting wow our shit done. But anyway, when I got there, Roma was ha Roma would have us run up the ropes, and he taught us how to do it. My big 275-pound ass at the time, <laughs> I was doing that, and that was, like, my thing. Like, I got to do this right. You know, I got to nail this down, and I would do it. And mm -hmm. But that's but that was Roma. That's what he wanted. But 
so Jim's there too. And so now I start working, working with, working out with Jim because he's the next biggest guy to me. Right. I mean, Grant House of Pain, but I mean, and this is no knock, they're shorter than I am. So the next guy that I can look in the eye, legit, is either Dre, Big Daddy Dre, or Jim. Now, granted, Jim's 6'3", so, I mean, I'm not looking him in the eye, but stature-wise, he's the next guy I stack up into. So, right. okay. Well, you want to talk about about two gorillas fighting over a, a goddamn Snickers bar. It's just <laughs> like, it was, I'll tell you, a great story about Jim. We were working, we were, we were working out in the ring, doing our thing, and Something just made me trust him right away. I don't, you know what I mean? Like you get that feeling from somebody and there was something about Jim that made you trust him and not like, you know, give him like your social security number, trust him, but like <laughs> working in the ring. So like actually okay. kind of giving him your social security number because like this dude could kill me. I mean, he's 330 pounds. He could literally kill somebody. So we were working a spot and Jim goes, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a suplexion. Like, all right, cool. Now, my only thing in my head, I said, I said, just don't suplex me next to the edge of the ring. I don't want to hit the hard part of the ring. Being rookie, now all over again. I got you, kid, worry about it. So we're working, and he kicked me, and he goes, you ready? I'm like, yeah, and he gives me the Iggy, and up I go. Now, I'm 5'11", he's 6'3", so now there's like 15 feet in the air, and he comes down and drops me. It, it hit the way it did. Not that it was hard, but it hit the way it did. He literally... Can I cuss on here? Absolutely. Okay. He literally knocked the <laughs> shit out of me. I had... I he, Where I landed, I rolled out of the ring into the bathroom and literally had to go to the bathroom. He knocked the shit clean out of me. <laughs> I'm wow. I've, and here, now, I've been in corrections at that time. It was like 25 years been in a war all that. i've never had to shit knocked out of me until that day <laughs> wow <laughs> he literally knocked it out of me and that was like the running joke forever at the at the school like sorry you got shit knocked out yes i did <laughs> yes i did literally and but and and that even brought us closer and um you know at one point he was living in west haven and i was over here in Brantford, so we would hook up all the time and pick him up mm -hmm. and go to gigs and he helped me load the truck and do stuff so we really 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 got close and um you know when i got my concussion he was like one of the first people i called and told him what happened and he was at my house like three days later mm -hmm. checking on me and um always called me like every few days making sure i was awake um and then you know when i got covid you know, he wouldn't quit calling. You know, I mean, he was, you know, he was, he was there. And, um, and then when that, my heart thing happened, it was, he was a mess. And, um, when I came home, he's like, when can I come over? I'm like, well, I, I don't know, you know, cause I didn't want to, you know, piss off my wife. And she's like, he can come over, you know? So he came over and he, as big as he was, he gave me the softest hug in the world and it was just like all right everything's gonna be okay 
and he'd call and check on me all the time. And um, we call each other and check on each other. But during that, that six weeks I was home healing from this, you know, he, he'd probably call me every other day on his lunch break or, or, or in the afternoon, you know, just checking in, seeing what's going on. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, it was, it was kind of funny because, you know, the night, the night before he died, I was at the school, we were getting ready for the show. And, um, all of a sudden I hear, what are you doing, Milk Dud? <laughs> and I knew who it was because that's what, that was his nickname for me. He always called me Milk Dud. And I turned around and he was there and I, we always, we always gave each other a big hug and a kiss. You know, and him being Italian, it worked perfect. That's, I was going to say, that's an yeah. Italian thing. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up Italian myself, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and, I, and I worked with a lot of Italian dudes in, 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 when I was in the federal system for all those years. So, I mean, it, was, it kind of rubs off on you. And um, we, we caught up, and I was doing stuff with the ring and talking to the young guys. I said, all right. I said, I got to go. I got to go to bed. And it was, it was about, what time yeah, yeah, it was a little probably about nine o'clock, like when we started. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, All right. And I said, I'll talk to you later. He goes, Yup. And gave him a hug. I said, Man, you look good. I said, Good to see you. He's like, Thanks, buddy. He goes, You're working? I said, Yeah, man. I said, It's coming off. He goes, You look great. I said, Thanks. So I'm trying to say, I got to get skinny like you. That was always our joke. And um, I gave him another hug and a kiss. I love you. He goes, I love you too, brother. I'll talk to you later. I said, All right. And then um, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, Roma, Tuesday called, night. Yeah. Roma called me and he goes, you sitting down? I said, yeah, why? What's up? He said, I got some bad news and I thought maybe it was something to do with the show. And um, that's when he told me. And uh, yeah. It hurt. Um, I know. It hurts it still. You know, it's been a couple weeks. Um, I love that dude. I mean, it's um, and not, not. I mean, not even thinking twice about. It. I love. I love that guy. And um, it was. It was very. Um, a couple days. I, I just was. Really bad. <laughs> no, lack I... of a better term. I was really blah. And um, but I remember the day after I went to work and then I came home, and I was just I was really kind of upset. And then I looked at the clock and it was like two thirty. I said, "Well, come on, let's go to the gym," because he'd be yelling at me if he didn't. Went to the gym. Cried in the gym while I was at the gym. People thought I was sweating. I was crying and worked out. And you know that they they put that picture up of uh, me and him in the show. I gave that to Flash. They did a real nice. They did the tribute for him, which came out really, really good. Um, I thought that was an amazing, amazing tribute. It was very emotional. You know, Mario's speech was just. it was incredibly emotional, you know, yeah. uh, that, that thing. I actually clipped it and posted it to my Instagram as well because it was just, um, it's just a huge loss, uh, not just as a friend, 
you know, uh, yeah. he was just very important to uh, a lot of people. Uh, he, he was, and, uh, you know. and, that, and that leads me back to what we were talking about with the young kids. Is like he'd go down there on Mondays with the young kids, all these young kids now, yeah. and he'd work with them. And then a couple of them young boys are tall. They're big like they're tall like him, not big like him, but they're tall like him. Yeah. And he would work with them, say, look, this is how you gotta work your height and your advantage and your gimmick and do your thing. And again, they they listen, which is just absolutely amazing. Absolutely incredible. And um Yeah, that was I say it was because it, it happened two weeks ago, but that's that's gonna linger for me for a while because um I'm I guess I'm older now and it, it you know it just it just you know it just hurts a little bit more and um but that yeah that's that's my guy right there I, I love that dude I know as it gets older it's uh, not to, I'm not laughing but it's like no it's, no you're right it is it's it's, like, it's one of the, as we get older it's you know uh, for. Uh, it, it's difficult when, you know, we start losing our friends and brothers. You know, I, I've, I had a friend that had a stroke and he's only a couple of years, you know, he's, you know, about the same age, you know, he's about maybe a year or so older than me, but he, you know, he ended up in a, in a coma after a stroke and he was just completely different, you know what I mean? After that. And it's just, it's hard at this age because this is the age where things like this start to happen to, mm-hmm. to, to, to us as adults. And it's very sad, but yeah. You know, uh, it's hard to think about, and especially someone that was like very close. You know. Yeah, that that, yeah. Uh, you probably saw the picture. Is me and him at the gym. Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. One day we went, we went to the gym. One day he's like, "Come on, let's go to the gym. Let's go work out." I'm like, "All right, cool, let's go." So I went and picked him up. Went to the gym. I said, "Hey, let's take this picture, send it to Roma." So we took that picture. We cheesed it up. You know, we made <laughs> this had big cheesy ass smile head. Right. He said, "Hey, your kids are doing what you were told to do." And um, or something along those lines, and Roma sent Roma sent a face back like, "Great, get out of there now! <laughs> you hurt yourselves, you know." And but yeah, that's uh, yeah that uh, that picture that's gonna that, that's probably going up on a wall somewhere because <laughs> that was just you know that was my partner right there. He's a good dude. I'm, that's uh, awesome. Miss that guy. Love yeah, him. absolutely. And it's still fresh for a lot of people. You know, it you just know, it and, just happened a couple weeks ago. So yeah. And like, like we were, like I was saying earlier, you know, I wrestling um, MIT. You know, I know he wasn't he wasn't here very long, but he's coming back. That's my son. Oh yeah, yeah, that's my son. And um, him and Jim, he Jim worked with him a lot too. And um, it hit him hard, you know, because he, you know, he wasn't around. He moved back home to Pennsylvania, so it hit him a little, ding, dinged him up a little bit too. But Jack, you know, he he called me and checked on me. He's been checking on me, making sure I'm good, you know. But um, yeah. Yep, yeah, that that's a that's a dude that a lot of people are gonna miss for all the right reasons. You yeah. know what I mean? There, you know, he was he was a good big as he was, he had a beautiful he was a beautiful gentle soul. Just he was a big dude. I mean As big as he was, <laughs> you know. It's, you know, I, 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 they call them the gentle giant. You know what I mean? Yep. Many people kept referring to him as a gentle giant. And yep. he always had a smile and he was always, you know, every time he saw me sitting in the crowd at a show, 
he could be on the other side. He literally would make his way across just to reach out and come and stand next to me for a few minutes, just catch up, say hello. And, you know, I always had somebody uh, with me, like if I had a friend with me, you know, he was always very polite and shook his hands. But I came in, nice to meet you. He was just that that kind of a guy. Yeah. He was just that nice. You know? yep. he's, uh, he's the one I won my first belt from. Yeah, I want to talk about that because uh, uh, you did win your United States title from Big Jim Anderson. Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. And um, that's that's probably what makes it even a little more uh, Mm -hmm. now winning. It makes it more bittersweet because I mean, we talked, you know, when this was happening, you know, it was like, okay, we're going to go. He's like, yep. I said, okay. And then just, we just left it. Right. And got ready, got up to the show. We got ready to go. And I said, we're good. He goes, yeah. He goes, come on, let's have some fun. I said, all right, brother. And went out there and it just felt just so, it might have looked rough, but it really, in my mind, it felt like it was glass. It felt good. You know, and, and having McCready up there as part of like going to those little minions that really added a little bit into it too. So, but it was good, and I really don't think I would have wanted to win it from anybody else. And and like I said, now it, it things the way they are, it makes it just it feels really, a little more special, maybe really dope, really, yeah, really, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It it it, it works. It works. So I way into something else, <laughs> you know, uh, before we're getting a little too emotional here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hate to say because I am as well, because, you know, yeah, no, it's still. Brother. I know we, we, we talked <laughs> right after. Every, we, we yeah, talked we talked right, right after. after. Yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah, we, we both got it. So, yeah. You know, I remember the, the, the day it happened. I'm sorry. I know I said it was, but, you know, like I said, I was recording with Big Daddy and yep. Roma tried to call him and then Mario tried to call him like 80 times, you know, yep. and then, um. Uh, eventually, you know, Big Daddy left the show for about ten minutes and then joined back in. Just he didn't. We never revealed the new the, the news on the show. Yep. Um, we just he texted to me beforehand and then he said, "Bring me back in." And we, you know, we're gonna end the show now. We lost a friend, yada yada. And then, um, yeah, I did a little tribute to him on the show, probably like the next episode. If, uh, yeah. Which, which I don't think I, I think I waited until the day after I did a, you know, I did, I did a, uh, basically a rumble in paradise review with Marcel Williams, who's my yeah. new son, my new Sunday night partner. Uh, yeah. and, and, uh, and I'm having a lot of fun. I forgot where I was going with this, honestly. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm keep, sorry. Keep going. Yeah, just keep going. You know, just keep running. So, it's okay. yeah, that's all right. It's, it, it, but we talked the, the, the next day because, you know, yeah. once, you know, I never wanted to reveal it, but, I was on social media shortly after that, and I was just like, shit, people already know, because I'm just like, people, you know, I saw a lot of New England regulars that were at shows with Between Here and Mass and Rhode Island posting, oh, we lost a friend, yada, yada, and I'm just like, shit, people already know. For about the good 15 minutes, nobody was saying the name. I got a a text message from somebody who's like, hey, man, can I call you? I'm like, Sure, why not? This was like eleven something at night, and uh, another podcaster that was very, inf- like, very good to the New England scene or the Northeast, I should say. And we ended up talking about an hour and a half about this, you know, big gym. Uh, so people knew, 
you know what I mean? And and like you said, it's like uh, people were posting it all over the place. And uh, I was trying to make it, you know, I tried to wait until enough people posted it. But then I was just like, you know, I ended up taking my post down for obvious reasons after a while. Uh, yeah. I, was, I, I did not want to be one of those people that was the first person, you know, honestly, because like I actually knew the person rather yeah. than. You know, so I was like, I'm going to wait until there's like a million. So I waited until like two o'clock the next afternoon when I saw a million. There was an article that came out where they actually. Yeah, you sent me that. I got that. Yeah. It was a phenomenal article, too, really. Greg Oliver from Slam Wrestling is a tremendous dude. And he actually quoted the interview that I did with Jim in that uh, in that. So I thought that that was kind of like special in a way as well. You know what I mean? I felt like that's um, part of the interviews and, you know professional wrestling history in a way i don't know how to yeah. say it but you know what it i mean was a, like it was in, a nice t- it was a nice tip of the hat to you you know yeah yeah so anyways uh i don't know where to go next but you um no, no we um you know again <laughs> yeah. We, we yeah you know we talked you and i had talked mm-hmm. um, you know it was just a matter of no, long story short, you know, they, they didn't want to get in out until, you know, everybody was known. Until the family, yeah, until yeah. the family made and, it aware. And, that, and that's why, you know, I, I did call a few people say, hey, if you don't mind, this is the deal. And, yeah. And, and, and amazingly, amazingly, people respected it. And they did. And, yeah. and that made me feel really good that people respected Jim that way. Yeah. And so that was cool. And then, you know, once we as a company put it out, because he was ours. And then it was like, okay. Once I saw you guys post it, Paradise yeah. Alley posted, and I was like, all right, it's safe to post it again. Yeah, to re- exactly. to, re- to take my post and repost it. Exactly. So. And, 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 and we as a company, and this is where I can talk in somewhat of a pressure capacity. We as a company appreciated that from you, from the other folks, because they understood, they got it. It wasn't like, who can get it first? It was like, they got what the gist of it was. So it was cool. And um, but yeah, winning the belt from him was really neat because, you know, it was like a David versus Goliath thing. You know, he's this guy. I'm a little dude, but we got to fight it. And you're not really that little. You're not really that little. Maybe like a few yeah. inches shorter, though. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of hard not to feel tiny next to him. I get you. You know, like that picture. If you go back and look at that picture, and I don't know if you can fill it in. Like when you edit this, you put that picture. Up Absolutely. And you look at him when he's when we got our arms like we're both like flexing from opposite sides. His arm to my arm. It looks like. It looks like my arm is atrophied in a cast next to his, like, this redwood tree trunk he's got hanging off his shoulder. <laughs> it's just like, good God. It's like, man, I wish I was that big, you know? It's like, I'll never happen, but golly, you know? It's like, and, you know, and, and for as big as he was with that big-ass arm, he'd throw a clothesline. It was just, like, the sweetest thing in the world. He'd hit that clothesline, man, and you'd, he'd let you do all the work. But it was, ah. Uh, and he um he wrestled this final match against Flash at a yep. blood blood sweat and tears show yep. uh just was it just a it couple days Sunday. before probably Sunday. three or four days before it was Sunday because yeah. it was Saturday oh yeah I texted him Sunday said dude you look great 
He goes, yeah, Flash took care of me. And ha ha. I said, no, you look really good, brother. You look good. He's like, thanks. And then, again, the next three days, we were that. But, yeah, we I had texted him the night, that, that night after. I said, dude, because I watched the whole match on, online. Me too. Yeah. And me he too. They had a ball. They had a shit. They yeah. had a shit ton of fun, man. It was great. And I really liked what they're doing with, you know, uh, the, the new character that they were creating with uh, the cure and, you know, Lucas Chase's um, minions, so to speak, you know, with uh, him with the mask uh, coming in as like that guy, you know, I really liked what they were doing. Yeah. It was, and it, it, he was like built it like this. And I'm just like, at first, the first time he saw it, and then, then I saw him right after, I was like, oh, it's that mysterious mask man. They just looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so they just called him James. I was like, it was pretty obvious who it was with, you know, all yeah. the tattoos and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to miss in a crowd. Yeah, you know? Right, right, right. It's like, so. it's like throwing a polar bear in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a pack full of grizzlies. He's going <laughs> to stick out, you know. Right. But, um, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of minions, goddamn kids, man. Turn I really, on blood saw, right? <laughs> so I think this is something that's going to be really good for Gibbs, to be honest with you. I think it really is. Uh, I like what he's been doing so far. You know, I think the, the, the uh, potential is there. You know yeah. what I mean? As far as like, uh, I think it's opening him up, him as, a, as working a, as a heel. Yeah, you know? it is. And that's so. he's my he's my little brother, and and I mean that legit. He's my little brother, and um, again, he he's got all the tools in the toolbox. It's just you know, some grasping something. Yeah, you know? and, and Roma's and Roma's again, but he listens though. Mm -hmm. And if Roma says something, he's like okay, and then he corrects he corrects course, boom, and he's in. And and that's what you need, and that's I think that's what you need to do is a little tweak. And I think this character is going. I think this this little this little shift is going to be good for him. I'm looking forward to it. I think so. I think it's developing very very good. Yeah. Uh, at last week's alley fights, I don't know if you've seen the footage. Uh, I posted. I posted it. Kincaid posted it. Uh, you know, we both filmed it. So you know, there's a lot of like uh, his the way that the character is developing is very good and good. the way that he works works the crowd and you know it, it's i think it's definitely an improvement from the the uh the previous character that he the, that he had you know yeah and that worked it, it worked for what it was but yeah, yeah. This, where they're going with this is pretty good i gotta say and um i'm not i'm not upset about it I no. mean, as, as Sergeant Murray upset about Zachariah Gibbs drinking the Kool-Aid chase, yeah, I'm upset about it. I'm going to tell you, like people argue with me at the shows because I think the cure is Lucas Chase. He's going to fix professional wrestling. There's a lot wrong with professional wrestling. And I don't know, man. That's all. He's you're, here to fix not, it. He's here to not, fix it. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's just, it's just going to be the approach. Yeah. I mean, I'll sit there. I'll sit next to somebody that decides that they want to argue with me. It's like I can't believe you're cheering him. I'm like, I can't believe you're you're booing him. I'm like, he's here to fix what is wrong with this industry. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, you're yeah. Right. So, yeah. there's there's a couple people that give me trouble for that uh, at yeah. the at the shows, and I was like, I don't care. These are the same folks that hated Bray Wyatt. <laughs> 
Right, right. Right. I'm a I'm a traditionalist when it comes to professional wrestling. I don't like all the bullshit. I guess could speak. You know the uh, I don't know how to say it. Like all the just like the the ridiculous stuff. You know what I mean? The childish yeah, stuff. The want, comedy, whether it's comedy, flip flop yeah, stuff. You uh, know, you want a beginning, a middle, and then you want a storyline. Yeah, you want something that's gonna keep your attention. Not like throwing smoke and mirrors and, and flash pots and pyro and you know, you want Pyro watch Goldberg. I mean, that that worked for that right. character. I mean, but my favorite wrestler, everybody. my favorite wrestler of all time is Arn Anderson. Okay, yeah. not everybody watch. Told, you know, yeah. so you can't throw Pyro on everybody. Right. But yeah, Arn Anderson. Speaking of Arn Anderson, that was Jim's. Yes, we talked yeah. about that on the show. That that's that where he took. Jim's, that's where that he was, took his name from, being yep. an Anderson fan. Yep. So yep. So, yeah. Sorry. And you know. I don't know. When it comes to like professional wrestling, like I said, I'm a traditionalist. I grew up watching, you know, I the first thing that I ever experienced was WWF in 1984. Uh, yeah. The first person I ever saw on television as a professional watching professional wrestling was Rowdy Roddy Piper. I instantly was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Okay. This guy's freaking nuts. And I think it was him and where he uh, was. Did he pile drive Rick McGraw or whatever? And then people thought that he killed him. Yeah, he pile drive. <laughs> He, poly, he hit him with right. the pile driver, and then like a year later, he smashed Jimmy Snuggle with a coconut. Right, so everybody <laughs> thought this guy was nuts. Yeah. And it was like, when I discovered the NWA, I was like, oh my god, this stuff is so great, because it had this, it was presented with a lot of realism. So, yep. you know, comparing that to a lot of things that have changed over the years in professional wrestling, that, uh, there's a lot of theatrics, I guess you'd say, that uh, I don't necessarily approve of when it comes to wrestling. Okay, we'll say it. We'll call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. No, because I'm not saying that. Somebody else said that. I like well, I mean, the biggest promoter in the in the world, uh, in the history of the business has said that. I so. love professional wrestling. Yes, me too. If it comes with other stuff and it makes sense, good. <sighs> That's when the thing. It's got to make sense. Yeah. When you start getting a little bit too silly, right? Now you're entertaining. I mean, in the '80s it was a little bit silly, but then in the '90s it took a completely silliness to it that was completely, uh, you know, just different. And it just yeah. wasn't. A lot of yeah. this stuff does not hold up today. If you go back and watch it, people love the Attitude Era. I try going back to watch it sometimes, particular shows, and I'm like. Oh, it's gold dust and bondage gear. Like this is not, you know, this doesn't hold up. <laughs> it's like it's stuff like this. That's like, I want that Owen Hart match. I want that Benoit match or whatever. You know, it's just I want that Benoit Malenko match in WCW. And then, and what was that ninety six? It's got to be around there. Yeah, ninety six. Because yeah, I think in nine, in ninety five they were still in ECW. What's that? Yeah, I got a concussion. Can't remember my name, but I can tell you a decent match. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, there's a lot I can't. There's a lot I can't remember. So you know, uh, but I'll remember a lot of random wrestling facts for you. Yeah. So I can't remember to take out the trash. But yeah, you know, right. <laughs> so with it, brother, right alongside you. So what's in store for uh, Sergeant Murray in the future? Well, the future's good. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna just you know I'm I am the director of operations PFPW. Um, so let's, you know, we'll talk Dieselmania is coming up. We got some, you know, it's going to be a great show. Number five, 
How crazy yes. is that? That's crazy talent in itself. We've had five Diesel Manias, all for the uh, Michael J. D'Angelo um, Scholarship Fund, which is a phenomenal cause in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know where I'm going to show up. You know, my Saturday nights are fairly open, so you never know where I'm going to be. Um, and that's it. Um, am I in, am I done in the ring? Yeah. I mean, you'll see me in the ring, like talking. But right. Am I done in ring performing? Yeah. Um, my my waking up every day is way more important than my love of professional wrestling. I mean, and 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 a year ago, I would have would have never said that. A year wow. ago, I was like, okay, when we getting back, I can go. When, when can I train? When I can get to the gym? When I can hit the treadmill? When we start doing shit? Now it's like, mm, I'm good. Wow. <laughs> You know, my my, mm-hmm. my I'm a grandpa now. Oh, got, wow! You know, I got I got a I got a beautiful granddaughter. I got a grandson on the way. My old my youngest is graduating. She's a senior in high school. She's a phenomenal basketball player. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of stuff to look out for. My wife, my wife, and I always say this, and she hates it. My wife actually likes me. <laughs> oh, oh i hear i understand sir so, like, <laughs> you, know, you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to be around for so um but as far as wrestling goes you know i'm the director of operations you know it, it's gonna go through me and um you know like i said we got we got williams and matias coming up we got kylon and tj crawford uh, Diesel Mania. We got the 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 match that made me made made the, the the cuckles of my body feel so warm when I got to make that tag team ladder match with the Haven and um, HOP because just seeing them do get up a ladder worth the ticket and price alone. Well, I was wondering about that. You know, that's one thing. Once you announced that, and uh, mind you, I was standing standing to your left when you had yep. made that announcement. Yep. You're off to my left, yeah. And once you said that, I immediately looked up at the ceiling. I'm like, where the hell? And I was like, how are these two going to try to grab, climb a ladder, and get up there? So, so that's now, something to look forward to. That is something to look forward to. You know, you're going to have, um, you know, Matisse and Williams. That's going to be a great be, match. They have a great, be, I'm sorry, they have a huge history together. They've worked yeah, with each other and, many and, times. This is just another chapter. And they know how to tear it down. You know, that ladder match they had a few years back was yep. off the chain. I'll put that up against any ladder match. Sands, the Hardys, and, and Edge and Christian. But anybody else that's been in a ladder match since then, I'll put that up against anything, man. That was – there was a lot of holy shit moments in there. And we're not – Right. You know, Roman, Roman was one of the things where old school pro wrestling, you don't cuss. But God damn it, that was a, <laughs> that was a barn burner, Jack. And and um, so yes, yeah, so we got that. We got Kylon and TJ Crawford, which that's going to be a hell of a run. Yep. Um, Bloodsaw and, and Lucas. Uh, yep. You know that's gonna. I, I love Bloodsaw. I, I yep. love what he does. I, I really hope. I was really hoping at the time that I get to go after him for the for the U.S. strap again. But it, again, things just didn't work out. Um, the Haven and and HOP in that ladder match, which that should be really awesome. And um, you know, it's just it. I think it's 
I'd be really remiss if I if if I didn't mention what went on this weekend and what went on last weekend in professional wrestling between the NWA and oh, man and and and, and AEW. Mm-hmm. I'd be you know if you don't mention that and take away the gets, take away the Adam Cole, take away the Ruby yeah. Ryan, take away the Ruby Soho, which I'm so glad she went there. It's really great that she's you know. She was over. Yeah, was so over. over. You know, and she they, was, yeah. And they just snatched that right. I mean, it's like Braun Strowman. He was so mm-hmm. over. He was in a great spot. And bang, gone. It's like. That's the weird part of what's going on in the industry yeah. right now. And and I guess, I don't, you know, it's really, you know, the internet wrestling fans, they like to talk a lot of trash. So it's like they always talk bad about WWE, about people, and then a bit, and people jumping ship or people just sign, getting signed to the other company, whether no matter which one. But it's like yep. these people need to work. So yes, they're going to sign a contract. There's yep. two major companies in the United States. So if somebody from WWE gets signed by AEW, God bless them. Congratulations. You know I, what I, mean? I agree. I mean, oh, I'm never I'm, lay the hell off. Yeah. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna fight a man or fight with the man that's trying to put food on his table and feed his family. Absolutely. So, a la Dusty Rhodes, you know, you're taking money, you're taking food out of my mouth. You're taking money out of my pocket. Exactly. So you know what? If I can make that money and put that food in my kid's mouth and put that money in my pocket, then why are you getting upset? Why? Because Adam Cole isn't coming out to the um, Undisputed Era theme with those other, with the other three guys and doing their little shtick, getting in the ring. Yep. And, and you know, you know, you hear, you hear the fight of the Valkyries, but then it goes into some like dope the new yeah box thing for Brian for for Brian Danielson, which is like okay, so you've completely changed their music, which that you, it's gonna go out saying. I thought but, that was great. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You, I'll wait. You changed, you changed their music. You've given them creative control over their character, and you're letting them make money. What's wrong with that? I'm I'm, I'm still looking for the downside. Yep. And if, and if you're that WWE purist, then then you shouldn't even be watching WWE anymore. When Hogan and Hall and Nash and everybody in the '90s during the during the wars jumped ship mm-hmm. and came back and jumped ship and came back, Xbox did that like six times during that <laughs> time. Right. Right. No knock on Xbox, but he did. I mean, and yeah. He, I mean, you know, he got fired, let go. From both companies and numer- numerous times, you know, what I mean, for whatever personal reasons that he had. Yeah. But you know what? That's another part of what you said earlier. Never say never in professional wrestling because, yeah, yeah I mean, Jeff Jarrett held up fucking Vince McMahon for what, $10,000 or such. Guess what? They brought him back a couple of years back and inducted him into the Hall of Fame. So never say never. Yeah. And no, Bruno never, San Martino returned for the Hall of Fame. Never yeah, say never. Never say never. You yeah. know, Bret Hart. Yeah, absolutely. Never say never. Mm-hmm. So when when I say is a Sarge ever going to be in the ring again, working? Never say never. But I also have a, a five foot um, individual that's two two rooms down that probably will use one of my firearms against me in in a in a, in a range of violence, and and I'm I don't want to do that. So, but but no, you know. Again, watching the NWA and watching um, AEW this past weekend was phenomenal. And then I'll even turn it and go another step. Watching Roman Reigns' character develop. Right. 
that he's, kill, heel, that, he's know, killing it right now. Dude, yeah. that is a friggin' home run. And mm-hmm. you know what? The guys that booed him, you're still mad because he's a bad guy and he's over now. Right. And you're still booing him. So you don't, you really don't get it. And that's fine. For all of us that get it, let us get it. It's a lot of these these internet marks that don't get it. These guys, you know, and then they want to trash guys like Mike Johnson or Dave Meltzer, but yeah. those guys have been doing their business for twenty and forty years. You know what I mean? They've been covering the professional Lapsher. wrestling. I got the, I got the that guy's been Lapsher. doing it for like fifty years. I'm fifty one years old. Mm-hmm. I found publications of wrestling magazines from the year I was born with him in it, nineteen sixty nine. That's insane. Mm-hmm. The only person, I've got, the only person who's been doing wrestling stuff longer than Bill After is Vince McMahon. Yep, he was born into it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to show. We're gonna have to get together one time, or one one of these shows. I'm gonna have to bring my. I have a like two big gigantic boxes of magazines That's dating awesome. from the 50s into the 80s, um, and I still buy them today. I buy them from you know rel- like uh, auctions. On yep, eBay, yep. eBay or Facebook yep. Marketplace. Um, I stop at 1991. That's my cutoff point, and mm-hmm. I will go back and buy anything beforehand. Yeah. So one of these days, I'm gonna have to bring them. I showed them all the Big Daddy one day. I'm just like, I'm, they're exciting to look through because it's yeah, it's such a history. great era. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is history. Yeah, history, and 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 that's what keeps this business going is the history of it, and you know, correcting mistakes and and doing better on good stuff and doing doing better on bad stuff and and that's why you know that's why a, a, a 44 year old kid you got to become a professional wrestler at 44 that's awesome because he, he believed he believed in professional wrestling he didn't believe in sports entertainment he believed in professional wrestling professional wrestling let and me that, ask you i'm sorry go ahead no and that's and that's that let me uh, what did you think of the NWA uh, event, NWA 73? Did you watch it? I watched clips of it. I didn't watch it because I was away that weekend, but I watched mm-hmm. clips of it. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought the girls, the women, excuse me, let me, before I get my head cut off, the ladies, the, the women's division? Yeah. Off the chain. That, I, love, um, I love Camille Brickhouse. She's amazing. Camille Brickhouse since day yeah. one. I yep. think she's a straight savage. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should have let her talk as quickly as they did. That's part of the thing. I'm just like, if they kept her quiet, it would have been more of a savage type character. Yeah, if he, like yeah. her, like say she wasn't talking yet, and legit, legit, Lila Hurt, uh, Hurt wins that, and she comes out of the crowd and just mm-hmm. stands, just stands there, does nothing. Yeah. Now you, now you've intimidated her. You put not you put girls like Nyla Rose on notice. You put girls like Thunder Rosa on notice. Penelope Ford, all the girls in AEW, all the girls in Impact, all the girls in Ring of Honor. You put all these chicks on notice. All these girls that Mickey James invited to that to that Invitational. Yeah, and and there's a lot more of them than there are of of the women's division in in WWE. And there's a lot of great talent, and and one of them that I've gotten to work with and met her met her a bunch of times is Deanna Praza. I think she's amazing, mm-hmm. and yeah. and she worked for us a couple shows, ran into her at a couple signings, and and man, just just man, just really just a, a good person, right? 
Period. You can stop there, but just as a wrestler, just great, great, great wrestler. I remember the other day when I was at the alley fights, a couple people were like, hey, you watch uh, the NWA 73? I'm like, I watched the NWA 73 show and I loved it. I thought it was great. With the exception of the Battle Royal, I think that could have been like a pre-show match or a dark yep. match, whatever. Yeah. You know, everything else was fantastic. And then everybody was like, what about the woman show? It was like, I, I didn't watch it. And then, you know, when I got home later that night, I was like, yeah, fuck it, everybody's asleep, you know? So let me put it on. I was like, damn. This is a great show. I was, I think, actually, it aired the same night as Rumble and Paradise, so that's why I didn't watch it. You know what I mean? So I ended up getting, and I, you know, I bought the bundle because NWA is one of those companies I truly support because I think that Corgan's everything. You are always putting them up, and that's awesome. Between, you know, I'm going to be honest, like the Paradise Alley and NWA, the two companies I support the most. You know what I mean? And and I, I, you know, it's just I'd love to see some of the Paradise guys make their way to the nwa i've actually you know i've been on twitter trying to tag you guys every time they say who who do you want to see here tagging various people the house of pain ref bill well, I, and, you I know tag hop every time every time yeah. they put something up i'm like at billy what are you doing come on man you gotta you got a top-notch team right here fellas let's let's get on they're it. a great tag team and you know and every time i talk to matt court he always makes this point it's like they have held gold every single place that they go so why aren't they making their way to the nwa it's all on billy now because they have tried they have yeah. tried and you know and, I mean? and i and and again taking out the super kick from hell but they're 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 awesome yeah they're, they're they are number one the long they're they just went over two years <coughs> as the tag champs. Mm-hmm. Um, they can work. Their continuity is, is phenomenal. Their timing is impeccable. They 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 know what each other's other is thinking. So I mean, it's not. It's kind of a no brainer. Right. So, you know, again, this is on at Billy. This goes out in the interwebs at Billy NWA. Come on. They're, they're, Bring them on. They're, they're not. They're, you're not signing. You know couple of dudes you know backyard wrestling these guys are legit they that's right yeah every promotion they've worked for they've held a title and yes. not in just and not in theory and not in just there are tag champs they've earned they've held it they've defended it defended it defended it so come on out billy let's go time's ticking brother it come is on, do the right thing Absolutely. P- and PS, I'm not animal smashing pumpkins, man. So get that done. Anyway. That's right, man. You know, I grew up on them. You know what I mean? They were like my favorite band in high school. So, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm, um, like the, I'm like the anti. Uh, no, nah, we're not going to talk about that. I, I, no politics. Anti- no politics on no, the show. I'm, I'm the I'm the anti um, guy that should be listening to rap music. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm a metal. I'm a metalhead. <laughs> Um, Big Jim turned me on to a couple, couple of two tree um, bands. One of them might have been Two Fisted Law, cheap plug. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I love, I like my rock music a lot. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, uh, but yeah, that that that's the team right there. Uh, Hop, you know. I mean, I'm still gonna put the screws to them, but I mean, <laughs> get them out of PAPW and let them go work somewhere else. But absolutely. But no, um, yeah. Those ladies are They're phenomenal. Yeah, and, and again, you know, and again, I get it. Your WWE is is that allegedly the pinnacle, right? You you get there, you've made it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now you've got other companies that are 
they might not be coming up behind you. Like they might be in 10th place. You're in first place, but Daytona's 500 laps. There's about <laughs> what? Five big companies in the United States that you can yeah. work for. I mean, WWE, five major got, companies. You got WWE, you got, WWE, you got, AEW, AEW, you got a Ring of Honor, Ring Impact, of Honor, Impact, NWA, NWA, and those are like the five that you could probably make a career out of. Correct? Yep. You you yep. would think essentially. Um, I mean, come on, fellas. You know, in, yeah. like whether it be Impact. I mean, I've seen Impact sign a lot of people that necessarily weren't worthy of signing. Hey, look at look at Waves and Curls. Waves and Curls. Good. They made the way to AEW. They Lucas made two Chase. appearances. Yes. Chase on dark. Rick Recon. Rick dark. Recon. Uh, who else? Who else? Um, um, uh, there's George, a couple others. George Durrell. George mm-hmm. Durrell. Um, Punjabi Lion. Yeah, that's a, a Robo. Yeah. Robo. All yep. these guys yep. work for us. I work with all them guys. Come on, mm-hmm. man. You know you're 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 signing these cats. Um, the Graysons. I worked. Yes. They they worked under a different name at um under on dark, but I work with them. Mm-hmm. You know, an ECPW. So, I mean, come on, man. I mean, you're, you're signing dudes. You know, let's let's get it on. You know, yeah. I mean, come on. We got our guy, Holiday, working for MLW. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Then, Which uh, I think is awesome because, you know, they yeah. do mention Paul Roma quite often when, yes, uh, when Holiday's on, on TV. So, yes, MLW do. is another one. I, I guess there's six major companies in the United States. Yeah, That's MLW one. too. Yeah. Yeah. MLW too, yeah. I'll, get, I'll get a text from Holiday later. I'll get you yeah. for free. I'll have, to buy, <laughs> I'll have to buy him Starbucks next time I see him or something. But, he's uh, a Brantford right? He's a Brantford Yeah, he lives uh, in Brantford. Or he's him. I got he's you. It. But yeah, man. Cool. Um that's that's my take. I, I really like um like I said, I really like what they're doing with the women's divisions in all these companies. Not mm-hmm. just not just AEW or NWA. All the women's divisions and all those companies are really, really coming right leaps and bounds of, of what it was growing up in the 80s now yeah i was you're you're only a few years older than me okay i'm yep. gonna be four i'm gonna be 46 in just a couple in just a month actually yeah so you're what five years older than me? six years older than me yeah. so um, i'll be 52 so i'm six years older than you okay so growing up in the 80s women's wrestling was treated completely different it was there but it wasn't what it was today. In the 90s, WWF tried to bring it back a little bit. It faded away in probably like 89. And I think probably like 92, 93, they tried to build the women's division again. And then it tanked relatively quickly with Medusa, Bull Nakano. And, and that's when and that's when Alundra Blaze went to WCW and dropped the title in the trash can. Yeah. There's another one. Never say never. Got her in the hall right. of fame. That's true. That's never true. Never say never. And she's one of my favorites. She's one of my favorites of all time. I remember yes, watching her absolutely. in the. And I remember watching her in the AWA before going into WWF, and when she came up under a different name, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, but that's, that's WWE, you know. You know but, but listen, but like you were saying, we're going to talk about. You had Wendy Richter. Mm-hmm. You had Mula. Mm-hmm. You had um, May Young. You're going back to the '80s. Yeah, and then you had um, it was like guy like Leilani Kai, Judy Martin, Rocky Leilani Robin. Kai. Yeah. You had um, what's his name's daughter? Uh, God damn it! I just saw a thing about her. Um. Anyway, there was like six women. Yeah, that's like six, it. 
six or eight women, and and like you said, it was treated very like fill it. Mm-hmm. Never, they were never on a pay per view, never on a Raw. I can only think of one pay per view match that there was a woman's match on, and that's the Royal Rumble '89, where Rock and Robin and Judy Martin. That is it. That was if Rock you watch that. That's who I meant. That's what yep. I was trying to. That's Jake Robert, Jake, Jake Robert's Jake. sister. Yep. yep, that's what I was trying to think of. Rock and Robin. Yep. And and yeah, and so like, to see what even went from like the '90s, from the late '80s into like, you know, the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. You know, that was even a big jump. That was right for them, and then of course you know the Monday Night Wars with everything, and then into the two thousands, the Divas era developed, which was kind of a yeah. joke, but the, yeah. The, yeah, but but it, but it was a launch pad for a lot of for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Women's yeah. wrestling today is a completely different product, and it's like in the last two years, maybe three years, excuse me, women have headlined WrestleMania in three the I'm last gonna, three I'm years. Gonna say, I'm gonna say. Remember when they did the Evolution pay-per-view? Yeah. All women, the first all-women pay-per-view? I'm surprised that, they haven't done another yet. But That was your turn. Yeah, yeah. and isn't it, isn't it amazing? Vince hasn't done one since. But every, almost every pay-per-view AEW's done in the 15 months of its existence, there's been at least two or three major women's matches. Yep. Check out. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker headlined a dynamite, and it was probably one of the most phenomenal Dude, matches that AEW match has ins- put on. That match was insane. And Thunder Rosa, I, I, I'm not sure if you've you know heard me say it here. She's one of my favorite wrestlers in the last two years. Like, oh yeah, she, I, and I'm not just saying like women's wrestlers. I'm just saying professional yeah. wrestlers. Yeah, like she, she is up there, man. Yeah, for me, she, she's she's legit, man. I mean. And yeah. then you mix in that she's a legit MMA fighter too. Yes. Yep. Like, okay, so you're really fighting a badass. Like she's a like, badass. Yeah. I mean, we're literally, she's gonna break your shit. <laughs> and and Britt Baker has come a long way as well. Prior to that, you know what I mean. That match, I think, showed that she has a lot of talent that a lot of people probably didn't know she had prior to that. And her mic skills improved ridiculously. Amazing. Too. Amazing. I think, yeah. I think that match. Was her confidence builder for her to get a lot of this? Absolutely, going. the match that she and, had um, last night was was good uh, and, against and, um, and being Adam and, and being Adam Cole, Adam Cole's girlfriend can't hurt either. Listen to all the shit no. talking. So I mean, come on, no. yeah, <laughs> right. It's just uh, we had a phenomenal couple weeks of professional wrestling. Yeah, uh, for pay per view, uh, I guess generated wise. Um, I don't really watch a lot of regular television professional wrestling outside of the NWA. You know, that's the yeah. one that I make sure that I keep up with uh, every Tuesday, 6.05. I told my wife, don't bother me. It's 6 o'clock on Tuesdays. This is funny. where I am. Your, 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 your like little reminders for 6.05 is like, oh, shit, thanks, Rick. <laughs> no, nah, um, it's like I got to watch it. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I have to it. watch it. And Speaking of NWA. How about one for the fat guys? Trevor Murdoch is your NWA. Hell champion. yeah, man. As the new NWA. See, I wasn't 100% sure that was going to happen because, you know, there's always been a thing where it's just like they're leading towards it and heavily pushing that it's going to happen. Yeah. Then it won't happen. Um, but uh, it happened. And I'm very happy, you know. I intru- and Nick- the WWE cast off. 
Yep. Other WWE yeah. cast. But off, he, you I'm know, gonna... he's got a wife and kids. You know what I mean? He's got a little boy that he's going out there working his ass for, ass for, working his ass off for. Excuse me. Every week, just to put food on the table, and now he's NWA World Champion. Guess what? It paid off. Yep, absolutely. And a student of Harley Race on top of yes. it. Yes, yes, sir. Yep. It doesn't so, hurt who your dad. It doesn't hurt who your daddy is either. But you know what? Not trained by Harley Race. That's, that's that's pretty much right, dude. Head. He is just. I think that that match was phenomenal. I yeah. love Nick Aldis. Don't get me wrong. I think Nick no, Aldis no, is yeah. fantastic. And you know, I had him on the show a bunch of last year sometime. Uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to him because I'm like a huge freaking NWA mark and uh, Nick Aldis mark. So it's just you know, just to have Trevor Murdoch, dude. It's just as the world champion now. It's just yeah. NWA is taking a different turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to be before they have a rematch or what have you, but I'm hoping that uh, Trevor Murdoch will hold it for a little while. Yeah, I do too. I think I think that's it. I think it's good for the for the company. I think it's good for the wrestling business. Yes, itself in general. Yeah. I yep. think. It. Yeah, I think but, that's, um, that's it. Do you have anything else that you want to uh, plug or anything before we we'll, uh, wrap we'll, it? We'll plug Dieselmania, baby. We got Dieselmania coming up. September twenty eighth, you know, over at it's going to be in Woodbridge. Um, it's going to be recorded for fight. Yep, just we got an alley you. fight too. On the, just came up on the seventeenth. There's an alley fight um, at at the uh, at the wrestling school too. Um, but yeah, man, as as the director of operations, as the Sarge, as as as, as a wrestling fan, just thank you for supporting us. Um, it's 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 always a pleasure talking to you, brother. It really is. I, I appreciate glad, that. I'm glad after eight months we got <laughs> this figured out. There's been so many roads, that, there's so yeah. many ways that like something has happened every time we yeah. want needed to record. So, and, and I just and I appreciate you know letting me talk about Jim and and always and Jim Anderson, but uh, but Jim Perella, mm-hmm. the guy, and um. Yeah, man, it's um, this has been a pleasure. It's been really, really fun, and um, I hope you have me back, and we'll do it again. But uh, I hope anytime. so, and I hope it doesn't take eight months for the next one. Ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous, man! It's like the gestational period of an elephant. It's like let's get it over with. Just talk. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah. good, good stuff. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, brother.